Welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Small Data with T, where we are passionate about the power of small data in healthcare. I am your host, Tanasia Gonzalez, but you can call me T. Data has certainly changed the game in healthcare. Big data has blown the roof off, but small data, now that's the future. Small data allows us to dive deep into the key insights and take quick, customized action to achieve phenomenal results in performance and quality improvement. Let's explore this today. Thanks so much for joining us. If you have any questions for me or any of my guests, feel free to reach out to me at tgonzalez at eima-inc.com. Enjoy the show. Let's go. Hello. Let's talk small data podcast listeners. I just wanted to take a moment just to stop and talk to you. This is T, the host, and I've been in healthcare for close to 25 years doing healthcare data analytics, data management, reporting, just doing that creative thing that us data geeks do. And really applying it in healthcare and quality improvement. And that's why I'm so excited to bring Let's Talk Small Data uh, with T to you all. And I just wanna stop for a moment and express my gratitude for your support. So thank you so much for stopping in today. Um, And just for those who are listening on Spotify, this is also a video um, episode. So I am sharing a few slides that I'll be speaking to, but just in case you want to see what I'm presenting, feel free to go ahead and pop over to the YouTube channel for Let's Talk Small Data with T and follow along. So I would just like to share a quick slide deck with you just to show you a few things. And like I said, I want to take a moment just to express my gratitude to my listeners for all of the support and all the comments, all the questions. I get questions on Instagram, Facebook, um, via my email, as well as LinkedIn. And there are a lot of folks uh, really excited about this small data thing. And I understand why. And today I just wanted to show you a couple of examples that I've encountered over my career that have really solidified um, my love and passion for small data. Once again, I just want to say, um, Let's Talk Small Data with T has really taken off. It's gotten bigger than I ever imagined, and I'm really excited about it. And I owe all of that success to you all. So thank you so much for following me and going on this journey. To date, we have reached over 10,000. We have, well, we have over 10,000 reaches. That means that we've touched 10,000 downloads um, across um, six continents and 36 countries. So I'm really happy about that. So once again, thank you. Um, We'll listen to across the globe. Um, I feel like this is global. It's it's being listened to by many folks out in Europe, got some in Africa, Asia, all the way in Australia, all the way and a couple of shows quite popular in Germany. So really excited about it. Of course, North America. So this year we had some pretty interesting talks starting with Dr. Max Derenencourt. He had over 12,000 views over eight countries and Drs. Alberton and Algian talking about their photo voice project. Uh, 
as well as Heather with the Rebels Project, talking about surviving Columbine and what happens next for mass tragedy survivors. So let's talk small data. It's really been focusing on uh, mental health and improvement for the youth and child and youth populations this year. Um, but all in all, leveraging small data. So what do we mean by data? When I say data, this is what I'm talking about. Data is actually a plural of data. It's a Latin noun meaning something given. So we're talking about individual facts and statistics or pieces of information. What are the sources of data? There could be many sources in healthcare, medical claims, so the services that patients are getting, medication claims, the, the prescriptions they're taking, the prescription drugs from the EMRs, surveys, the HIE, which I'm a big fan of. And I also had uh, Tom Moore, Senior VP of HealthX, interviewed on the podcast because they're doing big, big data, but they're also leveraging small data to improve lives. What types of data are out there? We have demographics data like age, gender, procedures and costs, lab values, admissions, meaning what hospital they're going to, what days are they going, when are they staying, from when to what day, what's the length of stay, discharges, um, and what will you discharge with, uh, clinical event notifications that will come from the HIE, like alerts um, that are sent out to PCPs, letting them know that their patient has been discharged or uh, admitted or deceased or incarcerated. Um, a number of different data elements out there that are being generated and available. Social determinants of health, SDOH, that is uh, a great topic for a podcast episode on its own. And I don't want to get into the details of the different data types, but I just wanted to give you a little taste of what sources of data, um, what types of data I'm usually dealing with and talking about. So <clears throat> data, this is this four letter word that I find so near and dear to my heart. It's the power of the story is these are little pieces of information and they can become massive, massive in size. And they may not be so powerful on their own, but when you string them together to tell the story, that's when the power comes about. So there's a lot of data out there. And we have our big data and that big data will germinate. And you could take it and dive into the small data, which I find so interesting. So exactly what is big data? What are we talking about when I say big data? We're talking about extremely large data sets that may be analyzed and computationally reveal patterns, trends, and associations, especially relating to human behavior and interactions. So big data usually need computers to house them and process them. Small data is small enough for human comprehension. I love this uh, definition from Rufus Pollock. It is data in a volume and format that makes it accessible, informative and actionable. The term big data is about machines and small data is about people. Really love that, I so agree. Collect it and then Vlad uh, Brenner says, collect it with an intended purpose for analysis. That's small data, that specific deep dive. With small data, there is control of the data. It is ready and conditioned for analysis, 
once the data is collected, because that's when you take action. And that's the power of small data. Another favorite of mine comes from Bison Analytics. They say small data is equal to powerful analysis minus the big data headaches. Love that. Some more differences between big data and small data. Big data, it's difficult to obtain. It's massive in size. Small data, on the other hand, is easily attainable. And it's a normal database. It's something, it's, it's geared for human comprehension. In terms of data condition, big data, it's always big and unstructured. Small data, it's really ready for analysis. It's flexible, it could be a flat file, simple Excel sheet. Location. So with big data, it's usually located on a cloud, offshore, SQL server. Small data is a local PC. It's something accessible and easy in a small database and a customized database. That's usually where I go to, customized database for small data. And I call those small data tools. Um, in terms of size, big data can be over 50,000 variables. Um, and small data can be just a simple spreadsheet. Um, the data purpose, big data is no intended purpose, but to capture and um, collect and be available, which is wonderful, you know, but then what? Data, the data purpose for small data is, has an intended purpose for data collection. And for me, we take it to the next level customize some small data tools, give it a, a specific purpose, deep dive, take action, and make change happen. So there are many curious data geeks out there just like me, because there's so many pieces of data. We got our big data, we got our small data. It really calls for you to be creative and really think about things. And also apply data analytics, another love of mine. So what is data analytics? It's the process of examining data sets in order to draw conclusions about the information they contain, increasingly with the aid of specialized systems and software. Examining data sets, deep dive, diving in, diving deep with some key aims. It's gives It, it allows you to do decision support, meaning where do I go next? You can track and monitor. How am I doing? Where do I need to make a change? And then you could take that action. Small tests of change. And there are four types of analytics. So this is what I've learned over my career. It's what I'm sharing with you. And I just, this is, this is, these are the concepts that I go by and use on a daily basis. Um, the four types of analytics are descriptive analytics, predictive analytics, diagnostic analytics, and prescriptive analytics. Descriptive analytics can tell you what has happened and is happening. It's the what is it. Predictive analytics will tell you what could happen. It ensures that the path is predicted for the future course of action. Diagnostic analytics could tell you why did that happen? So you can really learn about the past events. This is about looking into the past and determining why a certain thing happened. This type of analytics usually involves around, revolves around working on a dashboard. Lastly, prescriptive analytics. This is about finding the best course of action for a given problem. 
This is the type of analytics that talks about an analysis based on the rules and recommendations in order to prescribe a certain analytic path for the organization. So what's the bottom line here? Both big and small data have a place in data analytics. Diving into and leveraging the small data requires one to be creative and specific. It allows you to take action and pivot quickly when needed. And the small data journey has taught me to stay aware of what I call the big three when working on an initiative. Number one, it's the what. What exactly do you want to improve? What do you want to accomplish? Who? Who is involved? Who's driving the performance of where you are now? Because that is who you need to work with. And how? How exactly are you going to make the change that's required and that you seek? Why? Because you can't boil the ocean. Okay, this is what I love about small data. It allows you to get really creative and really specific. And that's where the action comes into play. So just looking at the definition for data analytics again, examining the data sets, diving deep. That is my love. We dive deep to see where we need to focus and take action. So example one, this is something that I've been involved in in my past life and something I've loved tremendously. Um, I was working with an organization um, serving the New York State Delivery uh, System Reform Incentive Payment Program, or DISRP, in New York State. This is a five-year program, $6 billion program in New York State, uh, designed to restructure the healthcare delivery system within the Medicaid program. So reduce costs, improve care. Um, and the program was looking at one metric, reduce avoidable hospital use by 25%. So we have a bunch of patients with avoidable hospital use. And they quantified that and we focused on that and we wanna reduce that for New York State. The what? They gave us a specific metric. And then for the organization, we're looking specific, specifically at how we're doing on this metric. And you know the performance for avoidable hospital use compared to a target, to the target. Who, for us, we put together some customized tools so that we can dive in and we discovered that for our organization, the patient population we needed to focus on was a group of patients or the patients coming into the emergency departments, that's what EDs stands for, with substance use. How were we gonna make a change? We implemented the use of an evidence-based practice in the EDs. We tracked the performance on the metrics. So. Where did the small data come in? First of all, we dove into the scorecard data. We saw who was driving our performance and we put together a customized database to track and measure um, the input of the evidence-based practice. So we can actually see John Jones came in this day. Here, is the, here are the results of the screening. Now what? We're gonna send him here. Then we can follow him and track him and see that there was an improvement in this avoidable hospital use for that one patient and the population at large. And it's exciting when you can see that. And overall, the impact was less time in the EDs for this group, this population and patients in general. Their care is better managed, which is an improvement in life. 
and the cost savings were down for the organization and the system at large. Beautiful thing. Next example. So looking at um, this initiative, I, I spent a lot of time in HIV AIDS care quality improvement. Um, and this was really, really great for me to be involved in. I did a lot in my career within HIV AIDS care center where I was. This was the one, the largest in New York state at the time and um, a very forward thinking executive director and executive team. I had a lot of fun working with them. I was able to develop a lot of stuff um, with this group. Um, so this was a continuous quality improvement within the HIV AIDS care center. And we wanted to do some benchmarking against specific state level HIV quality project evidence-based indicators set by New York State AIDS Institute. Um, and we wanted to improve on key indicators month over month. So what? We were looking at nine specific metrics um, and we found where we were in terms of current performance. And we wanted to focus on the patients falling out of the, the, uh, the numerators for these specific metrics and follow them. We took action by creating a customized uh, database that allowed PCPs to see or primary care providers to see how they performed on these metrics, who the patients were that were falling out of the metrics and to be able to click and drill and get a patient action list every day so that they can see the 10 patients they needed to reach out to, to get a pap smear, to get into the clinic so that they can become retained instead of not retained, different things like that. And <clears throat> the small data came in where my team was able to create a system that was supplemental to the EMR or the electronic medical record system quickly we were able to create this tool and customize it and tweak it as we need it, as we went along. So we were able to see for each provider and each of our clinics and compare performance against our providers as well as the clinics and the clinic to the state. And we were able to, to give the providers central access to these lists where they would take them, go into the EMR, take action, and the scores did go up. And actually, New York State AIDS Institute came in um, and really liked what they saw. And what's the impact? Improved care. That's always at the forefront. We want to improve the care of the patients that we are serving. Um, and we also made some incentive payments. Uh, we recouped some incentive payments because we were uh, participating in incentive programs offered by some of the health plans that we participated with. Um, so beautiful thing small data was able to do for us. And in case you're interested, I have some references listed here for some of the stuff that I have in this slide deck. And lastly, IMT, I'm your small data ambassador, and I'm so excited to be the host of Let's Talk Small Data with T. Thank you so much for all of your support. You can, um, if you want to contact me and ask me about anything I've presented or anything in my um, profile, you can look, at, look me up on LinkedIn. Um, and you can also contact me at my email. It's tgonzalez at eima-inc.com or go to the site to learn more about the podcast. 
um, at eima-inc.com. You can also subscribe to the podcast. Look us up on Spotify, iHeartRadio, tune in. Um, You can always uh, connect with us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and LinkedIn. Um, Feel free. And remember, leverage your small data. It's a powerful asset. I have certainly found a lot of power in small data. And um, I've built my career around it. And once again, thank you so much for joining me on this journey. This episode is brought to you by Effective Information Management Assistance, specializing in healthcare small data and offering expertise that goes beyond technology. Visit www.eima-inc.com to learn more about Emma and the podcast, Let's Talk Small Data with T. African.